It's the yearbook sportscast. We're in it. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, free agency has begun, so we'll see if Major League Baseball free agency gets back to normal. In years past, the Major League Baseball offseason was who'd we get, who'd we get as teams sign guys and trade for guys. It was all very exciting for fans, and oftentimes it was the only time of excitement for the entire baseball season uh, for fans. But starting last year in the offseason, what happened was nothing. Nobody got signed. Time dragged on. Nobody was getting paid. Nobody was getting signed. And then, like, literally the top two or three players in the game got huge contracts, and no one else did. Perfectly serviceable major leaguers, guys who were still young, were waiting for the phone to ring. The season began. They still weren't signed. Guys' phones didn't ring until May, June, or July. And some players actually never did resurface in the major leagues. So, now this was part of the new economics where younger and cheaper is better and wins more championships. So, we'll see if this baseball offseason returns to normal or if there is a quote-unquote new normal. I'm your host, Doug. Uh, This is the podcast says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com. That's the full name of the podcast. It also doubles as the contact information if you want to contact us. This is available wherever podcasts are available. It turns out women are not impressed by podcasts. So I'm not sure why we're continuing. We should have just stopped at the end of that sentence. Wow, was I surprised when the NFL suspended Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett for the rest of the season. Should Garrett have been suspended for the rest of the season? Absolutely. But I thought the league would come back with only four games or worse, two games. Now This is going to sound like an overreaction because... Since the advent of uh, hundreds of TV channels, continuing on through the advent of thousands upon thousands of podcasts, and through the invention of Twitter, everything is a controversy. Everything is breaking news, and everything is the worst thing that has ever happened, which makes nothing a controversy, and nothing is breaking news. But this incident is one of those moments of just over-the-top, outrageous sports behavior that are unfortunately often reserved for the NHL for pro hockey and in hockey in general. There was a a stick-swinging incident, like a baseball bat. There was a stick-swinging incident that nearly it hit a player in the face and nearly killed that player in juniors in the 90s, and people were rightfully upset then. But these incidents have often happened elsewhere, too. The San Francisco Giants' Juan Marichal hit Dodgers catcher John Roseboro famously in the head with a bat in 1965. Now, often, football fights come down to players punching each other's heavy pads and helmets that they don't yield much, which made this even more surprising. But a couple of Thursdays ago, Miles Garrett of the Browns took Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph's helmet off. That's fine. It looked like Rudolph was trying to remove Garrett's helmet. But then Garrett hit Rudolph on the top of his bare head with a mighty swing, with a heavy bucket of an object. He could have killed Rudolph, or at the very least ended ended his career. Now, Obviously, in violent sports, and even in baseball with beanballs, there are plenty of places where players could potentially suffer a career-ending injury or be killed. A a movie that's out right now is a hit movie. Actually, we were surprised. The predictions were that Ford v. Ferrari was going to be the number one movie at the box office, but we, we doubted. It just didn't seem like the subject matter would strike a chord, but it did, and it was number one. This is a hit movie out right now about pushing yourself in the face of potential injury or death to achieve something. Well, that's the story, but we haven't seen the movie, so maybe that's not included. So we apologize if that isn't included. But uh, Ford v. Ferrari, that's a hit movie that's out now all about that. But uh, Garrett, Garrett used a helmet in a dead ball situation like a club. And he chose to hit a man from point-blank range with a big swing. He's wound up on his unprotected head with a heavy object. Rudolph could be dead. 
Now, one of these unfortunate mainstream NHL moments came in 1993 when the Islanders' Pierre Turgeon scored during the series-clinching Game 6 against the Capitals. Islanders and Capitals in the playoffs, and at the time, people said, well, you know— the, this capital play, uh, this Capitals player did not know that a goal had been scored. It all happened so quickly. Bang, bang. He didn't know that the play was dead and a goal had been scored. NHL players, hockey players know when the puck has gone in, even if they're not looking, even if they're, if they're not looking directly at the goal. They know when the play is dead. They know when the goal has gone in. So what happened was Turgeon scored, and then he skated away from the net after scoring and started celebrating with the crowd, and it was then that Dale Hunter cheap-shotted and injured Turgeon, and for that, the NHL suspended Hunter without pay for the first 21 games of the next season. That was a record for an on-ice incident. Even then, that suspension was thought to be short. 21 games is just over 25% of the regular season in hockey. Garrett's suspension so far covers six games, but that's almost 38% of an NFL regular season, so that's longer than Hunter got, but I still think Garrett's suspension should absolutely include at least part of next season whether sports themselves are too violent that's a whole other debate if you want to have it also we are not piling on the nhl i love hockey and i don't love hockey as much as the next guy which is code for i hate hockey i love hockey the problem is the nhl has never quite known what to do with violence slash fighting would curbing the -the over-the-top incidents cost them fans what happens though when you're kind of on the fence with that is you get non-fans unanimously saying, I don't like hockey because I don't like the fighting. You ask people on the street, or just ask people in general why they don't like a particular sport. They're going to say it's too long or it's boring. I don't understand it. It's too violent. It's just not interesting to me. But only in the NHL is it unanimous. If people don't like hockey, it's like, I don't like the fighting. Or the differently worded but same answer, that's boxing on skates. So because people say that unanimously, this is the reason the NHL almost never goes mainstream Unless there's an incident, and that definitely hurts the league, and it also hurts us uh, as fans. By the way, uh, the uh, Ford v. Ferrari, or Ford versus Ferrari, whatever it's uh, officially called, if you're getting any funny ideas about an IndyCar movie, and we are getting funny ideas about an IndyCar movie, don't get any funny ideas about an IndyCar movie. Because the way it was described, we don't know. Well, first off, the way they recreated, there was a famous track. This gives nothing away. There was a, a famous race at a famous track that had to be recreated in the movie because that famous track has changed a lot since the 60s. So what they had to do uh, is is they actually wanted to make the track as accurately as possible without using a lot of computer images. They wanted to make it realistic. So they shot the different corners. They shot the different features on the track in different places, in different locations. They had to be shot separately. So the car, for example, goes into turn one. That's shot someplace. Then turn two is shot like 300 miles away. Then turn three is shot at a place that's 3,000 miles away. Then turn four is shot six miles away. And they had to piece all that together and recreate it. It was uh, amazing. We haven't seen it, but it's just an amazing process that they did that. But anyway, I think the budget was was $90 million. The movie's a hit so far. Hopefully the movie makes its budget better. But the way it was described, we don't know. This is just the way it was described. The way it was described is the filmmakers thought movies like this don't get big budgets and they don't get made anymore. So we are just going to go out in a blaze of movie-making glory and just make this kind of movie that never gets made for this kind of money anymore, and that's what we're going to do. So with that being the attitude, and that was the only way they could get a budget that's required to make a good movie, don't hold your breath for uh, IndyCar 
having a uh, a movie made about this anytime soon. Even if uh, even if Hollywood suddenly jumps on the motorsports thing after this movie, which uh, which we doubt. Now Netflix seems to have money for everything, so Netflix should stop making documentaries about the 1968 Boston Celtics and the 1966 St. Louis Cardinals, and they should get on it and do something about IndyCar. 